0: that's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW group void word prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
2: 18 plus. The Bible says, Be not deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap.
3: Well welcome to Financial Issues. I'm Shanna Burt this morning, continuing on for Dan Celia. Thank you for joining us. Our phone lines are open as we'll be live with you here for the next hour. You can reach us at 610-363-1110. And if you queue your call up now, you will be the first caller in the queue. Uh, we want to continue serving the partners, serving the listening audience, and we want to talk about what you want to hear about. So I know there's a lot of things happening out there in the market and the economy and people have lots of things on their mind. And now's the time to call in and try to get some answers from a biblical stewardship perspective um, on how we should be handling some of those things. So you can also post your question or comment. If you're watching, we're live on Facebook. We're also streaming live from FISM.tv and uh, financial issues website. So, we did have a our very first partner conference call yesterday. Uh, since Dan has passed, and I gave the partners an update on what's happening in the ministry, um, how they can pray, continue to pray for us, the things that we're working on, the challenges that we're facing, and. Um, we're working on getting that approved through compliance right now so that we can get it posted up on the partner side. So just bear with us as we, as we do that. And, you know, it just seems like everything is a a theme of patience right now and waiting on the Lord. And, um, the Lord has had me in that season for quite a while now. And it's just, you know, there's some, some really good lessons that we can learn in waiting, you know, and, Patience is not really about waiting. It's about what we do and how we act when we're waiting. You know, that's really what the Lord, I think, wants us to get. So I did see some comments up already about the conference call. And we had Sherry on Facebook saying, great call, Shanna, our trust is in God. It was good to hear your story, how you became connected to Dan and the ministry I'm a Texas girl, too, and I know that you, I know that area that you were speaking of. None of us were expecting or were ready for Dan's passing. We're all in this new work God is doing together, listening, hoping, praying, giving thanks. He is who he says he is. He uses the cattle on a thousand hills to do his work. We just never know which one he's going to use and when. Now is your time. Thank you for stepping up to the plate and for praying and believing. So thank you, Sherry, for, for sharing that great encouragement. It strengthens my soul. Uh, Pat on Facebook is also saying, Wonderful conference call, Sheena, We appreciate you and your heart for God blessings. So thank you for your feedback on there. And continue to check back on the partner side of the website. We will um, hopefully get that posted in the next day or two, maybe even today if we can. So let's take a look at some financial issues and see where we are. Uh, The market, of course, is not open yet. But yesterday, the Dow posted gains of almost 2%. The NASDAQ was up 1.6% and the S&P was up 1.86%. So uh, some pretty good days in the market, but the stock futures this morning have fallen um, as they're struggling to come back from, from the rally you know, that they've seen the, the year to date. The S&P 500 has dipped into bear territory, which means that it's down 20% from its high. The NASDAQ has been off as much as So we keep seeing these wobbles back and forth. It's up, it's down. And, you know, if you, if you listen every day or you watch it every day, it can sure tend to generate a lot of confusion for you, a lot of anxiety. And I would say if that's the case for you, just don't watch it. Um, I talk about it every day. I will continue to talk about it every day, just because I really want to drive home that point that it's volatile, you know there's it's there's going to be up days there's going to be down days and you know it's just when the news starts getting really bad that we start to see a bounce and then As we see the bounce, I mean, you can go through the financial news this morning and you will have no lack of people saying that it's going to, we've already seen a bottom. We're going to come out of this. It's going to continue to go up. Don't miss it. And then you'll see probably an equal number of people on the other side say, no, we're headed into recession. Things are going to get worse. The sky's falling. And, you know, I just feel like it's my job to help people keep their peace because when Jesus went back to heaven, he said, my peace, I leave with you. So that was one of the things that the Lord wanted to impart to us. And he wanted us to stay on guard and not let the enemy steal it. Well, we're in jeopardy of allowing the enemy to steal it on so many occasions. If we fix our eyes on everything that's happening around us and we don't fix our eyes on the Lord. So, Interestingly enough, I was as I was going through some of the news this morning, I saw a study that was done on the highest dividend-paying stocks. So they they looked at the Russell 1000 and they looked at the the companies that paid the highest dividends on November 19th of 2021. That was the point where the market was the highest so far, you know. Uh, an all-time high, the S&P and the NASDAQ posted those highs in November of 2021. Right now, we're down 20 and 30% from those heights. But what they saw was that the highest dividend-paying companies rose an average of 4% over the next six months. Um, As compared to companies without dividends, fell an average of 30% over that same time. So if you have been following the financial issue strategy for a long time, you probably own a lot of dividend paying stocks. Um, you can go back and look if you're if you're really missing Dan like so many of us are right now. Uh, I would encourage you to go back and look at those videos. There's, I believe, 49 videos that I counted just on one page, and they range from being really short, a couple of minutes, all the way up to 10 to 12 minutes, but it's just really good reinforcement. I think they're evergreen. I think they're just as relevant when they were recorded a year ago or two years ago or four years ago as they are today. It really helps people to develop a sense of discipline and a sense of confidence in what they're doing. Because if you don't have a sense of confidence in your investment strategy, you're following the wrong one. So one of two things, either you need to review your strategy and decide if it really does make sense to you, if it does stick with it, if it doesn't start looking for something else. But don't let The circumstances prompt you to start looking for something else that just because the market's down, you know, that typically will push people uh, into a state of fear and constantly thinking that they need to do something different, need to try something different. So, you know, we're reminded and I'll continue to remind you that, you know, when you hear about real estate, they say it's all about location, 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 right? Those are the three most important factors. Well, when we're investing, it's all about allocation, allocation, allocation. The biggest thing that you can do to reduce your market risk, which the market risk is um, where your investments go up and down, is to allocate properly. So make sure that you're diversified It's not a super exciting strategy. And I think that's where people get hung up sometimes is that whenever they hear about all of the commotion going on out there in the world, they think that they need to be doing something. You know, we just we start getting that that feeling that we don't just sit there, do something, but in a very disciplined, well thought out strategy, sometimes when things start getting really crazy, the right advice is just. Sit there. Don't just do something. So, you know, we have to go back and reevaluate why we're doing uh, what we're doing. And if it makes sense, then we just need to develop the discipline to continue doing it. So I'm Burt. We'll be back right after this next break to answer your questions. And your-
0: it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you What do you do when you win? That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BTW approved. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, and welcome back to Financial Issues. This is Ian Patrick with FISM News bringing you your morning news update. So let's get right into the headlines. Another round of primary elections will take place today in five states. Donald Trump has endorsed former Senator Dave Perdue as Georgia's race for governor, who is up against current GOP Governor Brian Kemp. Whoever wins will go head-to-head with Democrat Stacey Abrams this November. Texas is also holding runoff elections for races that were unresolved in the state's March primaries. And so far, just for for keeping count, Trump endorsed candidates are 81-3 to in the midterm primary races, showing he still has quite a bit of sway over how the Republican Party goes. Meanwhile, new ICE data shows that the Biden administration is removing far less illegal immigrants than the Trump administration had, despite also having record numbers of migrant encounters at the southern border. In 2019, under Trump, more than 185,000 illegal aliens were deported, but that number has decreased by almost 80 percent in fiscal year 2021. Deportations dropped to decades low levels during the first six months of the Biden presidency. And Antifa shooter Samuel Young will get no prison time after being found guilty of several criminal charges for a 2020 shooting on a Colorado highway that injured two. Young was convicted of several fe- seven felonies, excuse me, uh, including second-degree assault and attempted manslaughter for firing shots during BLM riots over the death of George Floyd. Young was sentenced to probation and given credit for time served. In other news, we'll be looking at on tonight's program: Croatia joins Turkey in objecting to NATO bids from Sweden and Finland. A third person, a three person Navy administrative separation board cleared a naval officer of a misconduct charge resulting from his COVID-19 vaccination refusal and the alleged Dave Chappelle attacker says he was triggered by his jokes about LGBTQ people. Those are today's headlines from FISM news. You can see those and more on FISM news.tv and our program later tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern on FISM TV. Now back to Shannon Burt with financial issues.
3: Well, Thanks, Ian. That was great. If you want to hear some more, check in with uh, Ian and Sam tonight at six o'clock Central Time, seven o'clock Eastern Time. You'll hear all of the headlines about what's happening in the world and you'll, you'll hear it from a biblical perspective. Not that you'll get a whole lot of biblical commentary or anything like that, but you will hear about the things that Christians need to know about that are happening in the world. And, um, so here at Financial Issues, we're going to continue just to focus on some of the economic issues that um, affect us every day. So right now, you know, there's the the Fed is in the spotlight, you know, where the expectations are that there's going to be roughly nine or 10 rate hikes of at least 25 basis points each over the next year. And the Fed started that in May with a half point uh, rate hike for the Fed, Fed funds rate, and I want to just kind of put that in perspective. You know, last time we went through a rate tightening cycle where the Fed came out and did a series of rate increases, it took them three years to execute ten rate hikes, um, and that was from 2016 to 2018. So, you know, it a lot of time it takes the Fed. good amount of time to get their policies to work. Now, do I think we need rate hikes? Yes, I do. But do I think that is the primary thing? No, I don't. I think the Fed has, you know, everybody focusing on these rate hikes. But I think the real issue is that we need to be looking at um, all of the money that's out there. If you look at the money supply uh, M2, which is just a, a measure of all of the cash and cash equivalents that are out there in the market, we see that that increased dramatically in and around COVID. Well, you know, we were facing something, a pandemic that we had never faced before. You know, the government felt like it needed to get involved and do some things. And, you know, we're always really quick to send money all around the world and, So I think it was the right thing to do to help Americans get through uh, the lockdown and some of the things that we were seeing happen. People finding themselves stuck at home, not being able to go to their jobs, a lot of uncertainty. So that was a good thing. But um, we've just got so much money in the system right now and inflation really at its very basic level is a function of too many dollars chasing too few goods. So it's really a supply and demand issue. Uh, Demand dropped way down right after the pandemic hit because people were staying at home, not driving as much and, you know, kind of going into a fear mentality, hunkering down, trying not to spend as much. And then once we started to get a handle on everything, of course, the economy started to come back on. Demand has increased and really dramatically in, in some areas like travel, we're seeing huge demand. In travel and discretionary spending. So, you know, one of the questions that I was asked on the conference call was, "Where do I see the economy? You know, where do I see the markets?" The markets are a leading indicator. They try to get ahead of what we see happening in the economy. As we sit right now, we're still still fairly strong. Uh, inflation is awful. It's uh, at eight and a half percent annually year over year. That's awful. Um, but there are still some pretty strong points in the market. The job market is extremely tight. We have very, very low unemployment. Again, this is a function of supply and demand. We have a ton of jobs out there. We don't have near enough people wanting to work. There's still about two open jobs for every one person looking for a job. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of quits uh, meaning people quitting their jobs, they're they're quitting their job to go to a job that's paying them more money or better working conditions. Maybe they get to continue to work from home. I think that's going to be a trend that doesn't really go away as people have found that they can uh, be productive at home, even though there are lots of companies that are pushing for people to come back into the office. And there is something to be said for all of that too. So, I think we're going to see some type of blended, um, you know. Work pattern happening into the future. We're starting to see a little bit of weakening in the job market, but it is still very, very strong. Um, you know, we're also seeing new gas prices. The the average gas price is now four dollars and almost sixty cents. It has just steadily continued to go up. You know, a week ago we were at four fifty two. A month ago we were at four twelve. A year ago, we were at 303. So, you know, the Biden administration wants to blame this on Putin, calling it Putin's price hike, you know, but he really he really can't do that. He can't put it off all on Putin. Yes, we have seen some increase in uh, gas prices dramatically since then, but we saw a huge spike in increase, an even bigger percentage increase from the time that Biden got elected until January before the invasion than we've seen since the invasion. So he owns that. He can't really um put that off totally on Putin. It's his uh, it's his ideology that is driving this down. You know, we're seeing, Uh, Under the Trump administration, we were energy independent. We were producing in the United States 13 million barrels a day, which was right about what we use. Now we're producing about 11 and a half million a day, you know, partly because of COVID, some oil companies shut down, but mostly it's been for fear out of the Biden administration and really the far left and their crazy policies about climate change. You know, they believe that we need to save the earth. You know, we need to keep the oil in the ground, but it just doesn't work. I mean, it just, I mean, even Biden's backtracking on all of that, bragging about how there was more oil being produced under his first year in office than his his predecessors. So, we're going to uh, go to Craig Halgert now and see what's happening in the ag This is Craig Halgert with your financial issues ag up
4: update for May 24th. Well, the corn market drew strength from rallies in the wheat market yesterday, as well as from strong export demand. Weekly export inspections were well above the high end of expectations at 66.9 million bushels. After the close, the planting progress report showed a great week of planting. As we jumped from 49% planted a week ago to 72 percent planted in yesterday's report, North Dakota and Minnesota are still lagging. North Dakota has 20 percent of the crop planted versus the average planting pace of 66 percent, Well, 60 percent of Minnesota's crop is now on the ground versus the historic average, which would have 86 percent normally planted by this date. At the close, July futures were seven and a half cents higher, selling at seven dollars eighty-six and a quarter cent. The soybean complex was on the defensive as a result of technical-driven selling after the recent rallies. Soybean meal prices retreated on the idea that they're a bit overpriced feeding livestock. And weekly export inspections were solid at 21.2 million bushels. Soybean plantings jumped from 30% last week to 50% completed this week, as we're getting close to being back on the historical average planting pace. At the close, July soybean futures were 18 and a quarter cents lower, ending the session at $16.87 a bushel. The wheat market rebounded after the past few days of weakness. Prices drew support from a kind of a round of bargain buying, along with crop concerns here in the U.S. and Europe. Gains were limited by slow U.S. exports because of the relative high prices of U.S. wheat. After the close, the spring wheat uh, planting progress came out and it continues to lag with 49% of the crop now in the ground. Normally by this date, 83% of the crop should have been planted. The news for winter wheat is stark as well with only 28% of the winter wheat crop rated as good to excellent. At the close, Minneapolis July futures were 19.5 cents higher, settling at 12.98.5. Kansas City rose by 23 and three-quarter cents to close at 12.76 and a half, and Chicago futures were 21 and a quarter cents higher, ending the session at $11.90 per bushel. Cotton futures seemed to have found a bottom and stabilized. The planting progress report indicated that 54 percent of the cotton crop was now in the ground, which is slightly ahead of the five-year average planting pace. At the close yesterday, July futures were 48 points higher, settling at. 142.75. 142.75. Livestock futures had a pretty solid day straight across the board. August live cattle were $1.42.5 higher, closing at $132.97 per 100 weight. August feeder cattle rose by a buck 70 to settle at $165.62 and a half cents per 100. In July lean hog futures had another positive session. They're up $1.85 for the day, settling at $110. And 85 cents per hundred. Class 3 milk futures were mired in a pretty tight trading range. At the close, we had the uh, July futures up a single point, settling at 24.47. Meat cutout values were split. Choice box beef ended the day $2.11 higher, closing at 264.28. Select boxes rose by $1.21 to settle at 244.23, while pork carcass cutout values dropped by six cents ending the session at $107.05 per hundredweight. This has been Craig Haugard with your financial issues egg update. We'll be right back with more financial issues after this.
2: Hi, this is Dan Celia. You know, if you... With the Lucky
3: Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Shanna Burke, continuing on for Dean Celia. We are live this morning here for the rest of this hour. If you want to get your call in, you will be the first caller in the queue. The number is 610 363 1110. We're also taking some questions on social. If you're watching us live on Facebook, you can share us with your friends there. You can also watch live from the website at fism.tv or financialissues.org so let's get right to some social questions Uh, linda from california is saying yesterday's conference call felt so comforting to hear you personally share your thoughts Look forward to more of your calls. We need someone to hold our hands and walk us through these times. Thank you, Shanna and staff. So thank you, Linda, for that uh, feedback and confirmation there. We did do a partner conference call yesterday. We're working on getting that through compliance and post it up so that you can listen to it. You know, we'll, we'll leave it up for about a week. Um, As it does contain some timely information, there's, there was just a lot of updates about what we're doing in the ministry to get the buy list reinstituted, some changes that are going to be coming up to the asset allocation models as we're going to try to get those worked through and uh, tweaked a little bit. In general, you know, if you're under 50, 55 years old, it's a good thing to just continue doing what you're doing. Um, in fact, there's another question on social that that goes right along those lines, and this is from Art in Burlington, Vermont. He said, "Grace and peace to Shanna and the team. About a year ago, I spoke with Dan. I'm 57. I plan on working another eight to 10 years. Dan suggested that for media a medium aggressive plan at Timothy is and uh, let me give you the the call letters here." ETF 4 at 20%, ETF 3 at 15%, and ETF 1 at 65%. And he wants to know, is this still a good plan for another five to seven years as I look toward income producing investments? Thanks and God bless the ministry. So that mix that he gave there is 100% equities. It it doesn't really include any cash positions. I would say that if you're going to work another 8 to 10 years, you definitely have a long-term time horizon, but I would suggest at least for the time being um, a cash or cash equivalent allocation of somewhere between 15 to 25%, as I think we're going to see a lot of volatility in the next, um, at least the next 12 months. Every time the Fed goes to increase rates, I think we're going to see the market tumble. Um, We're going to see a lot of volatility in the market. We're going to see some bad days, some really ugly days, and then we're going to see some rebounds. And it's very, very difficult, if not impossible, I would say, to time the market. So you just need to have a good strategy. Um, I would say that uh, with the exception of adding in that cash position that I suggested is maybe just reducing each of those categories the first two categories by five percent and then taking the rest out of the other that that final largest position there and adding um, in some of the defensive positions some of the cash positions and migrating toward that enhanced strategy with the etfs so you don't need to um, That ETF number one, you don't need to sell out of it completely, but as you start to rebuild and go back in, especially when you get in that uh, five-year and less mark until you're going to retire or until you're going to need to use some of that money, um, that is a good thing to do because it does have some built-in protections on the downside. So it has some triggers to where, you know, when, when the index that it follows drops, you know, either eight or 10%, depending on which ETF that you're in, it automatically goes 75% to uh, cash. And then it has a strategy to redeploy as conditions improve or statistically get better. So if the market or if the index that it follows goes down again, then it's then it redeploys some of the cash. If it goes down again, it redeploys some more of the cash. And then if finally, if it goes down in the most aggressive ETF, once it goes to if it goes down 40 percent, now, of course, your position won't be down 40 percent because you would have been, you know, higher in cash. But if the index that it follows goes down 40%, then it redeploys 100% of that cash. So the real challenge that we always talk about in trying to time the market, and I'm not saying that that's what we do with these ETFs, but the real challenge when people try to time the market is that you have to be right twice. You have to be right about when you get out, and you have to be right about when you get back in. If you get back in, because statistics tell us too that those who get out uh, of those who get out 30% don't get back in. So, um, it can really wreak havoc on a strategy if you don't know when to get out, don't know when to get back in. And, you know, if you're going to go into a long-term strategy, you really shouldn't be thinking about how you're going to get out and get back in. But we know that the reality of it is, is that people, um, get their eyes on all kind of things, the things that are happening in the world. And folks, I've been doing this. I've been in this business for over 20 years. And I can tell you that there has not ever been a week go by where you couldn't find some headlines about something that you needed to be overly concerned about, that you needed to change your whole strategy about. There's always something happening that pushes people to need to make some changes. So... The most important thing that you can focus on is the quality in your portfolio and the asset allocation. Remember, it's it's all just like real estate is about location, location, location. Investing is about discipline and allocation, allocation, allocation. So before the break, uh, we were talking about what the markets were doing. We can take a peek at that. The markets have now opened. The Dow is down uh, three quarters of a percent. The NASDAQ is down over 2%, uh, 2 2.35% to be exact. The S&P 500 is down 1.4%. Oil is at 110. It's, It's up a little, just barely, it's almost flat. And natural gas is up almost a quarter of a percent so as we watch the the markets be very volatile it's it's almost like they're bipolar they're they're up one day they're down the next day they just don't know what direction that they want to go and that's just not a very comforting place to live it's not a very peaceful place to live so we don't advocate a strategy of trading or trying to beat the markets you know we need to really just focus on that discipline and i made reference earlier to the instructional videos you know if you're not a partner Um, you know, you may be listening and saying, well, I'm going to see if they can get, you know, get this thing figured out, get the buy list figured out before I decide if I'm going to support the ministry. But I would encourage you go ahead and just do it. If the Lord has been moving on your heart for you to become a partner, just do it. It's $85 a year, um, a year, not a month, (laughs) a year. And you get access to the buy list, you get access to the asset allocation models, and you get access to all of those videos, uh, 49 videos that I counted just this morning that are really going to give you some, some real world practical advice on how you can manage a biblically responsible portfolio and not worry about what the markets are doing or not doing. In addition to that, this is a wonderful ministry to support. It is a very sound um, stewardship ministry. It, you know, it uh, Dan was always in the camp of not getting ahead of God, waiting on the Lord, waiting for the Lord to raise up the money to do things, um, and making sure that he had heard from the Lord and had the right direction. So we're continuing to try to do that here at the ministry as well. And we're seeking the Lord and all of that. But um, we were talking about too, before we went to the break about how gas prices are up. You know, we have uh, every single day just about we're hitting new highs in gas prices in spite of what the Biden administration says that they're doing to try to combat that, you know, the, the release of the strategic uh, from the oil, from the strategic reserve at a million barrels a day. That's 180 million barrels that they're trying to release over several months, thinking that this is going to ease gas prices. Well, it won't. It's not, it's not really working. We're seeing gas prices continue to go up and up, and he's trying to shirk that responsibility, but he owns it. Um, we are starting to see him back off on some of that. There was a headline out today that he's looking at rolling back some regulations that will um, result in lower gas and oil prices. So these regulations are environmental In nature. So that's very interesting. And then a couple of weeks ago, when he gave his speech on inflation, he was talking about, he was bragging about how his administration produced more oil in the first year of his reign than in his predecessor's reign. Well, he can't really take credit for that either. Trump worked really hard to get us energy independent, and he was just kind of riding on those coattails um, for that to happen. It, it policies and take time to work through the economy. And I feel like just as we were really, I mean, we saw a lot of progress under former president Trump in the economy in so many areas. And we were just building up some great momentum when the Biden administration came in and started to reverse all of those policies. So now we're we're reaping the consequences. We're starting to see the result of those policies and those executive orders that he did in the first, you know, 30 days of his administration. So we'll continue to keep an eye on this. We'll be live. We've got about 15 more minutes. If you want to get your call queued up, number 610-363-1110.
0: The opinions and recommendations expressed on this show do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors.
3: Thanks for sticking with us here at Financial Issues. I'm Sheena Berg. I'm a financial advisor in private practice. Securities are offered through GA, REPL, and Company, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor, members of FINRA and SIPC. My opinions are my own and don't necessarily represent the station on which you're listening um, or any media outlet or the broker dealer that I'm with. So now that I've given that little disclaimer there, it's very important for me to continue to remember to do that as we're serving you here at the ministry. And I caught the little tail end of, of Dan there coming back in saying that he's not going anywhere. And, you know, even though he has transitioned from this life into the next life, he has left an amazing legacy so here at financial issues we're going to work on getting and pulling some of those clips that i believe are really timely for us to just to remember and to continue to hear they're still on the partner side we don't have any plans of taking those down they're just um it's good solid advice it gives you a really good understanding Of the strategy and philosophy here at financial issues and we did have a partner conference call yesterday that we're working on getting through compliance and getting put up on the website so hang with us as we do that Uh, we do have a comment on social from Jim and he said the conference call was great both segments I was reassured that FISM is well anchored timely and has both macro and micro addressed in two words, it's legit. God is blessing you and us, Shanna. I did email AFA to get you back on our local radio. So I thank you for that, Jim. You know, as we're going through transition here at the ministry, there's just, you know, that this world is just full of uncertainty. And, you know, it's a good thing that it is because many of us would have never found Jesus if we didn't have some uncertainty or some trials and tribulations in our lives. But, As we go through these transitions, we always start to reevaluate things and that's what's happening, you know, in the, in the ministry with Dan now, not here to, to be live and to talk to us every day. Um, So many of those relationships with, with other ministries and with radio stations and media outlets were established um, with Dan and so they're reevaluating whether or not they're going to keep the program. So their heart is to give you what you want. So I encourage you to reach out to them. So reach out to um, AFR if we're not on the, you're probably not even hearing me right now, if we're not on the radio station that you're used to listening on, but hopefully you found the program through the other outlets like the TV app, the phone app, um, just watching from the computer at FISM.tv. And there's other really great content there that I encourage you to uh, check out as well. So hang with us. Um, in more financial issues, prices, um, prices are up. We're talking about in gasoline and we're talking about inflation. I mean, that seems to be so strong. What's on everybody's mind. And there was a poll done recently, and over 60% of Americans think we need to produce more American energy from our own country. So that's where I think the market is um, a little bit disconnected, or that's where, not maybe not the market, but the media is really disconnected. You know, we're hearing that the majority of people think a certain way yet public policy is different it doesn't it doesn't follow what you know the majority wants and we're seeing that even as it relates to the investment world as we're seeing corporations become woke or it's really been happening for a while we're seeing this ESG movement in investing which by the way is losing steam and losing some of its luster you know the ESG movement one of the the main pushes for that is the environment and saving the earth you know we have to keep these evil fossil fuels in the ground we have to you know just rely on solar and wind which you know if you listen to Dan for any length of time he was famous for saying you know well, that's great, but the wind doesn't always blow and the sun doesn't always shine. And you know, we found that out in Texas last last year, or the year before, when we had that cold snap, and you know, we had um, outages all over the state because some of because some of it was because we had relied on too much renewable energy and we weren't ready for that yet, but. There's nothing wrong in taking care of the earth. We should be good stewards of everything that the Lord has given us, the earth included. But we've been seeing these companies and these activist investors get involved and try to really influence what companies are doing, even to the point where it's not profitable. If you own individual stocks and you look at some of the proxy votes that you get in, Uh, Next time you get one, uh, even if you don't look at it, I would encourage you just to go take a peek at it. But on a lot of these ballots, you're seeing um, requests or pushes to make the company a public benefit corporation. What they're trying to do is change the nature of the company from a for-profit company into a non-profit company. They're trying to get the company to use all of their extra profits to get engaged in the culture war. So all it is is really the woke agenda. But I'm so glad that that ESG movement is now losing steam. Just like Biden is backtracking on all of his campaign promises, not to drill on federal land, now he's leasing out federal land because gas prices are so high. You know, in this world, in the end, it all comes down to the pocketbook. You know, they can uh, they can espouse these high ideals like saving the earth and we need to have an electric vehicle and every driveway. But when the rubber meets the road and people's pocketbooks are impacted, you see them waver really quick. You know, the scripture talks about a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways and he's tossed to and fro. Well, we see that, you know, we see, you know, Biden making all these campaign promises. He shuts down the Keystone Pipeline and now he's backtracking on all of that. He's loosening regulations that um, that govern uh, pollution. So he's, he's saying, well, you know, we'll back off on that a little bit because I'm getting hammered about these gas prices. And it's funny, I saw when I filled up my car the other day, I saw, I keep seeing those little stickers everywhere, you know, of Biden and he's pointing to the gas price and he's saying, I did that. That's true. He did that. It's not Putin. He's trying to blame it on Putin. But, you know, it's those those left-wing radical ideas that are really getting us into uh, some of the issues that we're having, some of the financial issues that we're having. So um, even political leaders are coming out. Mike Pence, uh, former vice president, said this month that sustainability – elevates left-wing goals and that the U.S. states such as Texas need to rein in pension funds that follow sustainability principles. So what he's really talking about here is this ESG stuff. So you've gotten all of these big um, corporations that are feeling the pressure to go green. You had Exxon Mobile board kind of uh, inundated and in, and in, in, in attacked by an activist hedge fund group that got people ap- appointed to their board to make ExxonMobil a more green company. And I mean, it's really just going to destroy companies the more and more this agenda gets pushed. And you have uh, congressmen like uh, Dan Sullivan of Alaska. He's introducing this Index Act. And it's um, it's all about allowing democracy to happen in the voting of proxies and shares because you've got these big three companies, the BlackRock, Vanguard and State Street. Now they're getting to vote all of these shares, these proxy votes that when you get them in the mail, you just throw them away and don't pay attention to them. So they're getting to vote these on behalf of the people that actually own them. The problem is that their values are not the same as ours. So, this bill that hopefully will get introduced and passed is going to take away these voting rights from them, and they won't uh, be able to to vote our values anymore because they don't care about the same things that we as Christians care about. You know, sixty eight percent of the population identifies as a christian. well, e s g values are not the same as christian values and if you have anyone trying to tell you that you know if you mention biblically responsible investing and they say oh yeah you know we've got something real similar it's called socially responsible investing or esg then you that should be a red flag to you that they don't even know what biblically responsible investing is because it's not the same thing so you know we've got uh I'll just touch briefly on this because, and if you want to hear more about it, tune into the news tonight. We have a, a whole new virus to be terrified about. You know, we've got monkeypox coming out now and, you know, I guess COVID has lost its luster. It has lost its ability to scare us and keep us locked in our homes and get shots that may or may not be effective and may or may not help anything. Um, but now we've got something else to fear. And interestingly enough, you know, and this is just, this just goes to the point that if you want wisdom, look in the scripture. That's where it's going to be found. Don't look to the world. But even the world echoes, you know, uh, godly wisdom from time to time as now. And I'll just read you a couple of headlines. CDC officials sound alarm for gay and bisexual men as monkeypox spreads in the community. And it's primarily spreading through sex. So, you know, folks, we can always trust what the scripture says. If you're worried, if you're anxious, if you're afraid, go to the scriptures. There's great wisdom there. It says don't do it. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and you will have the peace that Jesus promised. So, folks, we'll be back with you live tomorrow as we continue to talk about financial issues. I'm Shanna Burke, continuing on this great ministry that Celia started for
2: us. And we will never give away our freedom. We will never abandon
5: our belief in God. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
5: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my
1: dentist's office.
3: Well, welcome to Financial Issues. I'm Shanna Burt this morning, continuing on for Dan Celia. Thank you for joining us. Our phone lines are open as we'll be live with you here for the next hour. You can reach us at 610-363-1110. And if you queue your call up now, you will be the first caller in the queue. Uh, We want to continue serving the partners, serving the listening audience. And we want to talk about what you want to hear about. So I know there's a lot of things happening out there in the market and the economy, and people have lots of things on their mind. And now's the time to call in and try to get some answers from a biblical stewardship perspective um, on how we should be handling some of those things. So you can also post your question or comment if you're watching. We're live on Facebook. We're also streaming live from FISM TV. And uh, financial issues website. So, we did have a our very first partner conference call yesterday uh, since Dan has passed, and I gave the partners an update on what's happening in the ministry, um, how they can pray, continue to pray for us, the things that we're working on, the challenges that we're facing, and. Um, we're working on getting that approved through compliance right now so that we can get it posted up on the partner side. So just bear with us as we, as we do that. And, you know, it just seems like everything is a a theme of patience right now and waiting on the Lord. And, um, the Lord has had me in that season for quite a while now. And it's just, you know, there's some, some really good lessons that we can learn in waiting, you know, and, Patience is not really about waiting. It's about what we do and how we act when we're waiting. You know, that's really what the Lord, I think, wants us to get. So I did see some comments up already about the conference call. And we had Sherry on Facebook saying, great call, Shanna. Our trust is in God. It was good to hear your story, how you became connected to Dan and the ministry I'm a Texas girl too, and I know that you, I know that area that you were speaking of. None of us were expecting or were ready for Dan's passing. We're all in this new work God is doing together, listening, hoping, praying, giving thanks. He is who He says He is. He uses the cattle on a thousand hills to do His work. We just never know which one He's going to use and when. Now is your time. Thank you for stepping up to the plate and for praying and believing. So thank you, Sherry, for for sharing that great encouragement. It strengthens my soul. Uh, Pat on Facebook is also saying, wonderful conference call, Sheena, We appreciate you and your heart for God blessings. So thank you for your feedback on there. And continue to check back on the partner side of the website. We will um, hopefully get that posted In the next day or two, maybe even today if we can. So let's take a look at some financial issues and see where we are. Uh, The market, of course, is not open yet. But yesterday, the Dow posted gains of almost 2%. The NASDAQ was up 1.6% and the S&P was up 1.86%. So uh, some pretty good days in the market, but the stock futures this morning have fallen um, as they're struggling to come back from, from the rally you know, that they've seen the, the year to date. The S&P 500 has dipped into bear territory, which means that it's down 20% from its high. The NASDAQ has been off as much as So we keep seeing these wobbles back and forth. It's up, it's down. And, you know, if you, if you listen every day or you watch it every day, it can sure tend to generate a lot of confusion for you, a lot of anxiety. And I would say if that's the case for you, just don't watch it. Um, I talk about it every day. I will continue to talk about it every day, just because I really want to drive home that point that it's volatile, You know, there's, there's going to be up days, there's going to be down days. And, you know, it's just when the news starts getting really bad that we start to see a bounce and then. As we see the bounce, I mean, you can go through the financial news this morning and you will have no lack of people saying that it's going to, we've already seen a bottom. We're going to come out of this. It's going to continue to go up. Don't miss it. And then you'll see probably an equal number of people on the other side say, no, we're headed into recession. Things are going to get worse. The sky's falling. And, you know, I just feel like it's my job to help people keep their peace because when Jesus went back to heaven, he said, my peace, I leave with you. So that was one of the things that the Lord wanted to impart to us. And he wanted us to stay on guard and not let the enemy steal it. Well, we're in jeopardy of allowing the enemy to steal it on so many occasions. If we fix our eyes on everything that's happening around us and we don't fix our eyes on the Lord. So, Interestingly enough, I was as I was going through some of the news this morning, I saw a study that was done on the highest dividend paying stocks. So they they looked at the Russell 1000 and they looked at the the companies that paid the highest dividends on November 19th of 2021. That was the point where the market was the highest so far, you know. Uh, An all-time high, the S&P and the NASDAQ posted those highs in November of 2021. Right now, we're down 20 and 30% from those heights. But what they saw was that the highest dividend-paying companies rose an average of 4% over the next six months. Um, As compared to companies without dividends, fell an average of 30% over that same time. So if you have been following the financial issue strategy for a long time, you probably own a lot of dividend paying stocks. Um, you can go back and look if you're if you're really missing Dan like so many of us are right now. Uh, I would encourage you to go back and look at those videos. There's, I believe, 49 videos that I counted just on one page, and they range from being really short, a couple of minutes, all the way up to 10 to 12 minutes, but it's just really good reinforcement. I think they're evergreen. I think they're just as relevant when they were recorded a year ago or two years ago or four years ago as they are today. It really helps people to develop a sense of discipline and a sense of confidence in what they're doing. Because if you don't have a sense of confidence in your investment strategy, you're following the wrong one. So one of two things, either you need to review your strategy and decide if it really does make sense to you, if it does stick with it, if it doesn't start looking for something else. But don't let the circumstances prompt you to start looking for something else that just because the market's down, you know, that typically will push people uh, into a state of fear and constantly thinking that they need to do something different, need to try something different. So, you know, we're reminded and I'll continue to remind you that, you know, when you hear about real estate, they say it's all about location, 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 right? Those are the three most important factors, well, when we're investing, it's all about allocation, allocation, allocation. The biggest thing that you can do to reduce your market risk, which the market risk is um, where your investments go up and down, is to allocate properly. So make sure that you're diversified It's not a super exciting strategy. And I think that's where people get hung up sometimes is that whenever they hear about all of the commotion going on out there in the world, they think that they need to be doing something. You know, we just, we start getting that, that feeling that we don't just sit there, do something, but in a very disciplined, well thought out strategy, sometimes when things start getting really crazy, the right advice is just, sit there. Don't just do something. So, you know, we have to go back and reevaluate why we're doing uh, what we're doing. And if it makes sense, then we just need to develop the discipline to continue doing it. So I'm Shanna Burt. We'll be back right after this next break to answer your questions. and
1: your .tv and our program later tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern on FISM-TV. Now back to Shanna Burt with Financial Issues.
3: Well, thanks Ian. That was great. If you want to hear some more check in with, uh, Ian and Sam tonight at six o'clock central time, seven o'clock Eastern time, you'll hear all of the headlines about what's happening in the world. And you'll, you'll hear it from a biblical perspective, not that you'll get a whole lot of biblical commentary or anything like that, but you will hear about the things that Christians need to know about that are happening in the world. And, um, So here at Financial Issues, we're going to continue just to focus on some of the economic issues that um, affect us every day. So right now, you know, there's the, the Fed is in the spotlight, you know, where the expectations are that there's going to be roughly nine or 10 rate hikes of at least 25 basis points each over the next year. And the Fed started that in May with a half point uh, rate hike for the Fed, Fed funds rate, and I want to just kind of put that in perspective. You know, last time we went through a rate tightening cycle where the Fed came out and did a series of rate increases, it took them three years to execute ten rate hikes, um, and that was from 2016 to 2018. So you know, it a lot of time it takes the Fed a good amount of time to get their policies to work. Now, do I think we need rate hikes? Yes, I do. But do I think that is the primary thing? No, I don't. I think the Fed has, you know, everybody focusing on these rate hikes, but I think the real issue is that we need to be looking at um all of the money that's out there. If you look at the money supply, Uh, M2, which is just a, a measure of all of the cash and cash equivalents that are out there in the market, we see that that increased dramatically in and around COVID. Well, you know, we were facing something, a pandemic that we had never faced before. You know, the government felt like it needed to get involved and do some things. And, you know, we're always really quick to send money all around the world. And, So I think it was the right thing to do to help Americans get through uh, the lockdown and some of the things that we were seeing happen. People finding themselves stuck at home, not being able to go to their jobs, a lot of uncertainty. So that was a good thing. But um, we've just got so much money in the system right now. And inflation really at its very basic level is a function of too many dollars chasing too few goods. So it's really a supply and demand issue. Uh, Demand dropped way down right after the pandemic hit because people were staying at home, not driving as much and, you know, kind of going into a fear mentality, hunkering down, trying not to spend as much. And then once we started to get a handle on everything, of course, the economy started to come back on. Demand has increased and really dramatically in, in some areas like travel, we're seeing huge demand in travel and discretionary spending. So, you know, one of the questions that I was asked on the conference call was, where do I see the economy? You know, where do I see the markets? The markets are a leading indicator. They try to get ahead of what we see happening in the economy. As we sit right now, we're still still fairly strong. Uh, inflation is awful. It's uh, at eight and a half percent annually, year over year. That's awful. Um, But there are still some pretty strong points in the market. The job market is extremely tight. We have very, very low unemployment. Again, this is a function of supply and demand. We have a ton of jobs out there. We don't have near enough people wanting to work. There's still about two open jobs for every one person looking for a job. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of quits. Uh, meaning people quitting their jobs, they're they're quitting their job to go to a job that's paying them more money or better working conditions. Maybe they get to continue to work from home. I think that's going to be a trend that doesn't really go away as people have found that they can uh, be productive at home, even though there are lots of companies that are pushing for people to come back into the office. And there is something to be said for all of that, too. So I think we're going to see some type of blended, um, you know, work pattern happening into the future. We're starting to see a little bit of weakening in the job market, but it is still very, very strong. Um, you know, we're also seeing new gas prices. The, the average gas price is now $4.60. It has just steadily continued to go up. You know, a week ago, we were at $4.52. A month ago, we were at four twelve. dollars a year ago, we were at 303. So, you know, the Biden administration wants to blame this on Putin, calling it Putin's price hike, you know, but he really, he really can't do that. He can't put it off all on Putin. Yes, we have seen some increase in uh, gas prices dramatically since then. But we saw a huge spike in increase, an even bigger percentage increase from the time that Biden got elected until January before the invasion than we've seen since the invasion. So he owns that. He can't really um put that off totally on Putin. It's his uh, it's his ideology that is driving this down. You know, we're seeing, Uh, Under the Trump administration, we were energy independent. We were producing in the United States 13 million barrels a day, which was right about what we use. Now we're producing about 11 and a half million a day, you know, partly because of COVID, some oil companies shut down, but mostly it's been for fear out of the Biden administration and really the far left and their crazy policies about climate change. You know, they believe that we need to save the earth. You know, we need to keep the oil in the ground, but it just doesn't work. I mean, it just, I mean, even Biden's backtracking on all of that, bragging about how there was more oil being produced under his first year in office than his his predecessors. So, we're going to uh, go to Craig Halgert now and see what's happening in the ag This is Craig Halgert with your financial issues ag
4: update for May 24th. Well, the corn market drew strength from rallies in the wheat market yesterday, as well as from strong export demand. Weekly export inspections were well above the high end of expectations at 66.9 million bushels. After the close, the planting progress report showed a great week of planting. As we jumped from 49% planted a week ago to 72% planted in yesterday's report. North Dakota and Minnesota are still lagging. North Dakota has 20% of the crop planted versus the average planting pace of 66%. Well, 60% of Minnesota's crop is now on the ground versus the historic average, which would have 86% normally planted by this date. At the close, July futures were 7.5 cents higher, selling at 7 dollars cent. The soybean complex was on the defensive as a result of technical-driven selling after the recent rallies. Soybean meal prices retreated on the idea that they're a bit overpriced for feeding livestock, and weekly export inspections were solid at 21.2 million bushels. Soybean plantings jumped from 30% last week to 50% completed this week, as we're getting close to being back on the historical average planting pace. At the close, July soybean futures were 18 and a quarter cents lower, ending the session at $16.87 a bushel. The wheat market rebounded after the past few days of weakness. Prices drew support from a well, kind of a round of bargain buying, along with crop concerns here in the U.S. and Europe. Gains were limited by slow U.S. exports because of the relative high prices of U.S. wheat. After the close, the spring wheat uh, planting progress came out and it continues to lag with 49% of the crop now in the ground. Normally by this date, 83% of the crop should have been planted. The news for winter wheat is stark as well with only 28% of the winter wheat crop rated as good to excellent. At the close, Minneapolis July futures were 19.5 cents higher, settling at $12.98.5. Kansas City rose by 23 and three-quarter cents to close at 12.76 and a half, and Chicago futures were 21 and a quarter cents higher, ending the session at $11.90 per bushel. Cotton futures seemed to have found a bottom and stabilized. The planting progress report indicated that 54 percent of the cotton crop was now in the ground, which is slightly ahead of the five-year average planting pace. At the close yesterday, July futures were 48 points higher, settling at. 142.75. 142.75 Livestock futures had a pretty solid day straight across the board. August live cattle were $1.42.5 higher, closing at $132.97 a half cents per 100 weight. August feeder cattle rose by a buck 70 to settle at $165.62 and a half cents per 100. And July lean hog futures had another positive session. They're up $1.85 for the day, settling at $110 and 85 cents per hundred. Class 3 milk futures were mired in a pretty tight trading range. At the close, we had the uh, July futures up a single point, settling at 24.47. Meat cutout values were split. Choice box beef ended at day $2.11 higher, closing at 264.28. Select boxes rose by $1.21 to sell at 244.23. While pork carcass cutout values dropped by six cents ending the session at $107.05 per hundredweight. This has been Craig Haugard with your Financial Issues egg update. We'll be right back with more financial issues after this. Hi, this is Dan Celia. You know-
3: Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Shanna Burke, continuing on for Dean Celia. We are live this morning here for the rest of this hour. If you want to get your call in, you will be the first caller in the queue. The number is 610 363 1110. We're also taking some questions on social. If you're watching us live on Facebook, you can share us with your friends there. You can also watch live from the website at fism.tv or financialissues.org. So let's get right to some social questions. Uh, Linda from California is saying, yesterday's conference call felt so comforting to hear you personally share your thoughts. Look forward to more of your calls. We need someone to hold our hands and walk us through these times. Thank you, Shanna and staff. So thank you, Linda, for that uh, feedback and confirmation there. We did do a partner conference call yesterday. We're working on getting that through compliance and post it up so that you can listen to it. You know, we'll we'll leave it up for about a week um, as it does contain some timely information. There's There was just a lot of updates about what we're doing in the ministry to get the buy list reinstituted, some changes that are going to be coming up to the asset allocation models as we're going to try to get those worked through and uh, tweaked a little bit. In general, you know, if you're under 50, 55 years old, it's a good thing to just continue doing what you're doing. Um, In fact, there's another question on social that that goes right along those lines, and this is from Art in Burlington, Vermont. He said, Grace and peace to Shanna and the team. About a year ago, I spoke with Dan. I'm 57. I plan on working another 8 to 10 years. Dan suggested that for it goes to If it goes down 40%, now, of course, your position won't be down 40% because you would have been, you know, higher in cash. But if the index that it follows goes down 40%, then it redeploys 100% of that cash. So the real challenge that we always talk about in trying to time the market, and I'm not saying that that's what we do with these ETFs, but the real challenge when people try to time the market is that you have to be right twice. You have to be right about when you get out and you have to be right about when you get back in. If you get back in, because statistics tell us too, that those who get out, uh, of those who get out 30% don't get back in. So um, it can really wreak havoc on a strategy if you don't know when to get out, don't know when to get back in. And you know, If you're going to go into a long-term strategy, you really shouldn't be thinking about how you're going to get out and get back in. But we know that the reality of it is, is that people um, get their eyes on all kind of things, the things that are happening in the world. And folks, I've been doing this, I've been in this business for over 20 years, and I can tell you that there has not ever been a week go by where you couldn't find some headlines about something that you needed to be overly concerned about that you needed to change your whole strategy about, there's always something happening that pushes people to need to make some changes. So the most important thing that you can focus on is the quality in your portfolio and the asset allocation. Remember, it's it's all just like real estate is about location, location, location. Investing is about discipline and allocation, allocation, allocation. So before the break, uh, we were talking about what the markets were doing. We can take a peek at that. The markets have now opened. The Dow is down uh, three quarters of a percent. The Nasdaq is down over 2%, uh, two percent, two point three five percent to be exact. The S&P 500 is down one point four percent. Oil is at one ten. It's it's up a uh, little just barely it's almost flat and natural gas is up almost a quarter of a percent so as we watch the the markets be very volatile it's it's almost like they're bipolar they're they're up one day they're down the next day they just don't know what direction that they want to go and that's just not a very comforting place to live. It's not a very peaceful place to live. So we don't advocate a strategy of trading or trying to beat the markets. You know, we need to really just focus on that discipline. And I made reference earlier to the instructional videos. You know, if you're not a partner, um, you know, you may be listening and saying, well, I'm going to see if they can get, you know, get this thing figured out, get the buy list figured out before I decide if I'm going to support the ministry. But I would encourage you go ahead and just do it. If the Lord has been moving on your heart for you to become a partner, just do it. It's $85 a year, um, a year, not a month, a year. And you get access to the buy list. You get access to the asset allocation models and you get access to all of those videos. Uh, 49 videos that I counted just this morning that are really going to give you some, some real world Practical advice on how you can manage a biblically responsible portfolio, and not worry about what the markets are doing or not doing. In addition to that, this is a wonderful ministry to support. It is a very sound um, stewardship ministry. It, you know, it uh, Dan was always in the camp of not getting ahead of God, waiting on the Lord waiting for the Lord to raise up the money to do things um, and making sure that he had heard from the Lord and had the right direction. So we're continuing to try to do that here at the ministry as well. And we're seeking the Lord and all of that. But um, we were talking about too, before we went to the break about how gas prices are up. You know, we have uh, every single day just about, we're hitting new highs in gas prices, in spite of what the Biden administration says that they're doing to try to combat that, you know, the the release of the strategic, uh, from the oil from the strategic reserve at a million barrels a day, that's 180 million barrels that they're trying to release over several months, thinking that this is going to ease gas prices. Well, it won't. <laughs> it's not It's not really working. We're seeing gas prices continue to go up and up, and he's trying to shirk that responsibility, but he owns it. Um, we are starting to see him back off on some of that. There was a headline out today that he's looking at rolling back some regulations that will um, result in lower gas and oil prices. So these regulations are environmental in nature. So that's very interesting. And then a couple of weeks ago when he gave his speech on inflation, he was talking about, he was bragging about how his administration produced more oil in the first year of his reign than in his predecessor's reign. Well, he can't really take credit for that either. Trump worked really hard to get us energy independent, and he was just kind of riding on those coattails um, for that to happen. It, It policies and take time to work through the economy. And I feel like just as we were really, I mean, we saw a lot of progress under former President Trump in the economy in so many areas, and we were just building up some great momentum when the Biden administration came in and started to reverse all of those policies. So now we're we're reaping the consequences. We're starting to see the result of those policies and those executive orders that he did in the first, you know, 30 days of his administration. So continue to keep an eye on this. We'll be live. We've got about 15 more minutes if you want to get your call queued up. Number six ten.
0: 363-1110. The opinions and recommendations expressed on this show do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors.
3: Thanks for sticking with us here at Financial Issues. I'm Sheena Bird. I'm a financial advisor in private practice. Securities are offered through GA, REPL and Company, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor, members of FINRA and SIPC. My opinions are my own and don't necessarily represent the station on which you're listening um, or any media outlet or the broker-dealer that I'm with. So now that I've given that little disclaimer there, it's very important for me to continue to remember to do that as we're serving you here at the ministry. And I caught the little tail end of, of Dan there coming back in saying that he's not going anywhere. And, you know, even though he has transitioned from this life into the next life, he has left an amazing legacy, So. Here at Financial Issues, we're going to work on getting and pulling some of those clips that I believe are really timely for us to just to remember and to continue to hear. They're still on the partner side. We don't have any plans of taking those down. They're just, um, it's good, solid advice. It gives you a really good understanding of the strategy and philosophy here at Financial Issues. And we did have a partner conference call yesterday that we're working on getting through compliance and getting put up on the website. So hang with us as we do that. Uh, We do have a comment on social from Jim and he said the conference call was great, both segments. I was reassured that FISM is well anchored, timely and has both macro and micro addressed in two words, it's legit. God is blessing you and us, Shanna. I did email AFA to get you back on our local radio. So I thank you for that, Jim. You know, as we're going through transition here at the ministry, there's just, you know, that this world is just full of uncertainty. And, you know, it's a good thing that it is because many of us would have never found Jesus if we didn't have some uncertainty or some trials and tribulations in our lives. But, as we go through these transitions, we always start to reevaluate things. And that's what's happening, you know, in the in the ministry, with Dan now, not here to to be live and to talk to us every day. Um, so many of those relationships with with other ministries and with radio stations and media outlets were established um with Dan. And so they're reevaluating whether or not they're going to keep the program. So their heart is to give you what you want. So I encourage you to reach out to them. So reach out to um, AFR if we're not on the, you're probably not even hearing me right now, if we're not on the radio station that you're used to listening on, but hopefully you found the program through the other outlets like the TV app, the phone app, um, just watching from the computer at FISM.tv and there's other really great content there that I encourage you to uh, check out as well. So hang with us. Um, in more financial issues, prices, um, prices are up. We're talking about in gasoline and we're talking about inflation. I mean, that seems to be so strong. What's on everybody's mind and there was a poll done recently, and over 60% of Americans think we need to produce more American energy from our own country. So that's where I think the market is um, a little bit disconnected, or that's where, not maybe not the market, but the media is really disconnected. You know, we're hearing that the majority of people think a certain way yet public policy is different it doesn't it doesn't follow what you know the majority wants and we're seeing that even as it relates to the investment world as we're seeing corporations become woke or it's really been happening for a while we're seeing this ESG movement in investing which by the way is losing steam and losing some of its luster you know the ESG movement one of the the main pushes for that is the environment and saving the earth you know we have to keep these evil fossil fuels in the ground we have to you know just rely on solar and wind which you know if you listen to Dan for any length of time he was famous for saying you know well that's great but the wind doesn't always blow and the sun doesn't always shine and you know we found that out in Texas last last year or the year before pocketbooks are impacted you see them waver really quick you know the scripture talks about a double minded man is unstable in all of his ways and he's tossed to and fro well we see that you know we see you know Biden making all of these campaign promises, he shuts down the Keystone pipeline, and now he's backtracking on all of that. He's loosening regulations that um, that govern uh, pollution. So he's, he's saying, well, you know, we'll back off on that a little bit because I'm getting hammered about these gas prices. And it's funny, I saw a When I filled up my car the other day, I saw I keep seeing those little stickers everywhere, you know, of Biden and he's pointing to the gas price and he's saying, I did that. That's true. He did that. It's not Putin. He's trying to blame it on Putin. But, you know, it's those those left wing radical ideas that are really getting us into uh, some of the issues that we're having, some of the financial issues that we're having. So. Um, even political leaders are coming out. Mike Pence, uh, former vice president, said this month that sustainability elevates left-wing goals and that the U.S. states such as Texas need to rein in pension funds that follow sustainability principles. So what he's really talking about here is this ESG stuff. So you've gotten all of these big um, corporations that are feeling the pressure to go green, you had Exxon Mobil, um board kind of uh, inundated and, and and attacked by an activist hedge fund group that got people ap- appointed to their board to make ExxonMobil a more green company. And I mean, it's really just going to destroy companies the more and more this agenda gets pushed. And you have uh, congressmen like Uh, Dan Sullivan of Alaska, he's introducing this Index Act, and it's it's all about allowing democracy to happen in the voting of proxies and shares, because you've got these big three companies, the BlackRock, Vanguard, and State, State Street. Now, they're getting to vote all of these shares, these proxy votes that when you get them in the mail, you just throw them away and don't pay attention to them. So they're getting to vote these on behalf of the people that actually own them. The problem is that their values are not the same as ours. So this bill that hopefully will get introduced and passed is going to take away these voting rights from them and they won't uh, be able to, to vote our values anymore. Because they don't care about the same things that we as Christians care about. You know, sixty-eight percent of the population identifies as a Christian. Well, ESG values are not the same as Christian values. And if you have anyone trying to tell you that, you know, if you mention biblically responsible investing and they say, Oh yeah, you know, we've got something real similar, it's called socially responsible investing or ESG then you, that should be a red flag to you that they don't even know what biblically responsible investing is because it's not the same thing. So, you know, we've got, uh, I'll just touch briefly on this because, and if you want to hear more about it, tune into the news tonight. We have a, a whole new virus to be terrified about. You know, we've got monkeypox coming out now. And, you know, I guess COVID has lost its luster. It has lost its ability to scare us and keep us locked in our homes and get shots that may or may not be effective and may or may not help anything. Um, But now we've got something else to fear. And interestingly enough, you know, and this this just goes to the point that if you want wisdom, Look in the scripture. That's where it's going to be found. Don't look to the world. But even the world echoes, you know, uh, godly wisdom from time to time as now. And I'll just read you a couple of headlines. CDC officials sound alarm for gay and bisexual men as monkeypox spreads in the community. And it's primarily spreading through sex. So, you know, folks, we can always trust what the scripture says. If you're worried, if you're anxious, if you're afraid, Go to the scriptures. There's great wisdom there. It says, don't do it. Don't be afraid. Don't be worried. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and you will have the peace that Jesus promised. So, folks, we'll be back with you live tomorrow as we continue to talk about financial issues. I'm Shanna Burke, continuing on this great ministry that Dan Celia started for
2: us. We will never give away our freedom. We will never abandon our belief in God.
5: Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production. Do you know what you are supporting when you purchase mutual funds and stocks? Think about it. When you invest in a company, you make a decision to support the things that that company supports. And it may not be things that you agree with.
3: We had no idea that we were supporting things like abortion, gambling, and pornography.
5: Thanks to Financial Issues, we have changed all of that and have never felt better about our money.
3: We are honoring God.
5: The best decision we have ever made. Financial Issues is a ministry teaching people like you how to invest biblically, responsibly, keeping your investments clear of companies that may support an ungodly agenda. Grow your money God's way. Learn more by going to financialissues.org. Become a partner, honor God, and take control of your finances. Financialissues.org.
2: Hi, this is Dan Celia from Financial Issues. I hope that you will consider partnering with Financial Issues. One of the things that you're going to get from that is access to our buy list, access to our sell list to be able to get alerts on a regular basis that are going to alert you to some things in the markets that you need to know. You're going to become educated about the economy. You're going to have access to instructional videos that can help you get started and see testimonies from people just like you that are going to help you realize that, wow, you can do this on your own. I hope you'll consider going to financialissues.org, partnering with this ministry. It's through your partnership that keeps us on the air. Would you go to financialissues.org, consider partnering with us today and seeing all the access that you'll have by doing so. At Financial Issues Stewardship Ministries, our goal is to help Christians make financial decisions that honor God. Thank you for your heart towards Jesus and to the people that you serve. I'm so excited to talk to you because I needed some authoritative advice and by golly, you're it.
0: Every day, people are blessed by the work done here at Financial Issues. You are a blessing, not only financially, but spiritually. Really appreciate
4: your ministry. I mean, wow, what a great service you provide for people. What a blessing.
0: Go to financialissues.org and become a partner today.
2: Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. All right, it's 4 p.m. on Wall Street. Do you know where
3: Well, welcome to Financial Issues. I'm Shanna Burt this morning, continuing on for Dan Celia. Thank you for joining us. Our phone lines are open as we'll be live with you here for the next hour. You can reach us at 610 363 1110 And if you queue your call up now, you will be the first caller in the queue. Uh, we want to continue serving the partners, serving the listening audience, and we want to talk about. What you want to hear about. So, I know there's a lot of things happening out there in the market and the economy, and people have lots of things on their mind. And now's the time to call in and try to get some answers from a biblical stewardship perspective um, on how we should be handling some of those things. So, you can also post your question or comment if you're watching. We're live on Facebook, we're also streaming live from fism.tv. And uh, financial issues website. So, we did have a our very first partner conference call yesterday uh, since Dan has passed, and I gave the partners an update on what's happening in the ministry, um, how they can pray, continue to pray for us, the things that we're working on, the challenges that we're facing, and. Um, we're working on getting that approved through compliance right now so that we can get it posted up on the partner side. So just bear with us as we, as we do that. And, you know, it just seems like everything is a a theme of patience right now and waiting on the Lord. And, um, the Lord has had me in that season for quite a while now. And it's just, you know, there's some, some really good lessons that we can learn in waiting, you know, and, Patience is not really about waiting. It's about what we do and how we act when we're waiting. You know, that's really what the Lord, I think, wants us to get. So I did see some comments up already about the conference call. And we had Sherry on Facebook saying, great call, Shanna. Our trust is in God. It was good to hear your story, how you became connected to Dan and the ministry I'm a Texas girl too, and I know that you, I know that area that you were speaking of. None of us were expecting or were ready for Dan's passing. We're all in this new work God is doing together, listening, hoping, praying, giving thanks. He is who He says He is. He uses the cattle on a thousand hills to do His work. We just never know which one He's going to use and when. Now is your time. Thank you for stepping up to the plate and for praying and believing. So thank you, Sherry, for, for sharing that great encouragement. It strengthens my soul. Uh, Pat on Facebook is also saying wonderful conference call, Sheena. We appreciate you and your heart for God blessings. So thank you for your feedback on there. And continue to check back on the partner side of the website. We will um, hopefully get that posted In the next day or two, maybe even today if we can. So let's take a look at some financial issues and see where we are. Uh, The market, of course, is not open yet, but yesterday the Dow posted gains of almost 2%. The NASDAQ was up 1.6%. And the S&P was up 1.86%. So, uh, some pretty good days in the market. But the stock futures this morning have fallen um, as they're struggling to come back from from the rally. You know that they've seen the, the year to date. The S&P 500 has dipped into bear territory, which means that it's down.